Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Amid rising gas prices, the Biden administration looks to sell more oil from the National Emergency Reserves this week. This is according to three sources familiar with the matter. They say this is in a bid to lower the cost of fuel before next month's midterm elections. President Biden's announcement could be expected this week. There are 14 million remaining barrels from the 180 million that were released in May. The Biden administration has also spoken with oil companies about selling an additional 26 million barrels to comply with a law Congress set years ago. The sources say the Department of Energy will also release further details on eventually buying back the oil. So what will oil prices look like in the near future? We spoke with Dan Kish, senior fellow from the Institute of Energy Research. Here's a look. Dan Kish, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Dan, the Saudis and uh, OPEC plus slashing oil production. Uh, what are the implications? Well, the implications are widespread. Uh, first, for cost uh, of, of this product, but it's sort of a self-made problem, Steve. Uh, we ultimately have cut off our own supplies. Now we're dependent upon them for these supplies. And uh, watch Europe very closely because it's a harbinger of things to come in the United States if if uh, some policy changes aren't enacted. Now, Biden asked the uh, Saudis not to cut production uh, for at least a month. Could he have uh, taken this action or taken other action to achieve his objective uh, that he was seeking in the short term for the long term? Well, absolutely. Uh, any nod of favorability towards domestic production, uh, reassessment of his decision regarding the Keystone XL pipeline, um, those sorts of things would have all had a huge impact on prices because oil is a speculative market. People price it in the future. And anything done immediately today will have an effect on that because people will know that helps on the way. Uh, but he didn't choose that. Uh, instead, he's asking Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil and, and promising that uh, solar panels and windmills from China, along with the batteries for electric vehicles, are going to make up the difference. And uh, I don't think a lot of people put stock in that. Dan, what leverage does the United States have over some of these oil-rich countries that you speak of uh, for them not to manipulate production based on demand or is that simply why domestic production is so critical? Yeah, that 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 actually is exactly why domestic production is is so critical. In 2019, we were producing about 1.3 million more barrels a day than we are today. Uh, when when you compare that to the actual cuts that will be experienced as a result of the OPEC Plus decision, um, it's roughly the same. Uh, it's a two billion barrel cut, but most people think it's going to be in that general vicinity. And there's no reason why we couldn't go higher than 1.3 million more. We have the resource. We've got literally hundreds of years of resources in the United States. What we don't have are policies that uh, 
accommodate the development of those resources for, for the American people. Do you have any concern uh, tapping into the um, strategic oil uh, reserves? Well, uh, when you total up the total amount of oil that he has uh, taken from the SPR, it's, it's going to total 260 million barrels, um, uh, 80 million before, 50 and 30, and then the 180 million he's announced. Uh, yeah, that, that's there for an emergency. We aren't supposed to be using it for to affect political elections, as was disclosed by the Saudis um, uh, in his request for them to keep producing up until Election Day. So first and foremost, this winter already as a result of these increasing energy prices, uh, because we haven't been we've we've simply been t making withdrawals from the bank and not putting anything back in. Dan, that was my last question for you. Uh, where can we expect the average cost of gasoline uh, to be heading into the winter and during? Yeah. Well, I think uh, the immediate effects are already being seen in terms of California. It, it It's getting very regional at this point because of refinery issues and closures of refineries. New England has hit especially hard. Uh, we're we're going to see that uh, California is already you know six dollars plus in some places, and um, if they have to switch to make more heating oil, if refiners have to do that, then ultimately that'll affect gasoline because uh, they have to switch from making gasoline to diesel. So we're going to see prices go up, and uh, the only thing that is keeping them down right now is fear of a worldwide economic recession brought on by a lot of Western countries pushing green energy, which works part-time. Dan Kish, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. The Department of Agriculture has rolled out debt relief to thousands of farmers in financial difficulties. The agency made the announcement today. This is two months after the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law. The USDA has $3.1 billion to go toward helping farmers with loans, with $2.2 billion earmarked for farmers who have, quote, experienced discrimination, end quote. According to the USDA, more than 13,000 borrowers have received the relief thus far, totaling nearly $800 million. As we face record inflation and historic energy prices, farmers are among the first to feel the effects, which then get passed down to the rest of us. Here to discuss the challenges farmers are facing, we're happy to have on president of the National Black Farmers Association, John Boyd. John, you voted uh, Democrat in the past, if I'm correct. Uh, however, as an American farmer, you've expressed frustration with the current administration. What are some of the issues that you're facing? Well, some of the issues we're facing now is the uh, broken promise between uh, black and other farmers of color and the debt relief, the $4 billion uh, debt relief uh, that was repealed and the IRA. So the administration totally uh, pulled the rug uh, for, for this whole measure and now want to uh, offer uh, blacks and other farmers of color uh, some sort of uh, loan repair. You know, so we went from 120 uh, percent debt forgiveness, which means 100 percent of your loan will be written off and 20 percent to uh, pay the taxes uh, to some sort of loan modification. 
uh, and the administration broke his promise. And we see it like a broken promise, uh, like 40 acres and a mule. Uh, so this past week, uh, we filed a complaint in federal court, and I brought my uh, mule to Washington. And, and like I said, the president uh, failed to uh, do what he promised America's uh, uh, black and other farmers of color. And you're correct, uh, we did vote for him. And I, and I supported him, and, and last July, uh, at the White House, the president said that he would uh, uh, have a FaceTime meeting uh, with me. Uh, since that time, it hasn't been a FaceTime meeting uh, with the president. I see that as another broken promise. Nor has the uh, agriculture secretary uh, had a sit-down meeting to discuss any of these issues out. So you're saying the president gave you his, his word to have a sit-down, uh, and that is yet to happen. Um, what is it that you'd like to discuss with him? Well, we want to talk about, um, you know, why, first of all, why would you break this broken promise to uh, 16,000 uh, farmers of color in the worst economic times in U.S. history for farmers? Uh, we're facing a food shortage in this country. Uh, we have the highest input costs uh, that we have. We have uh, many farmers who are in uh, farm foreclosure. And people need to understand, once you lose your farm, uh, it breaks your spirit. So it's not like um, uh, losing a job at a fast food restaurant. You lose your livelihood and your way of life. And land prices has risen in this country. Uh, we have uh, people like China who are buying these land uh, uh, farms at auction. And this is a, a country who still supports slavery. And they shouldn't be allowed to buy land on American soil. We have billionaires buying our farms. Uh, I've seen uh, record number of sales in Iowa for $26,000 an acre. Uh, so we called on the administration to stop farm foreclosures in the form of direct loans, guaranteed loans, other agricultural lenders such as farm credit and other third-party agriculture uh, lenders. A full farm moratorium and the administration still hasn't put that into place. It sounds like there's a wide range of challenges that you as farmers are facing. Uh, at the end of the day, do you think all of the challenges that you're facing as of late boil down to the cost of energy? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, this is, uh, this is politics, and, and uh, it is midterm elections. And the National Black Farmers Association alone has 116,000 members in 46 states. And we want to we hear from these candidates uh, who are running for office to see what they would do differently uh, to help uh, bring us some relief. Uh, you know, when the richest country in the world, you know, why aren't we helping America's farmers first? And, and that should include black farmers. We have money for our farmers in Ukraine. Uh, John Deere, uh, other agriculture companies, pledged to help them in forms of equipment and monies. Uh, but they failed to help America's uh, black and other farmers of color right here at home. They gave Ukraine $250 million for their farmers uh, for infrastructure. And infrastructure that I've been asking for uh, black farmers in this country for nearly four decades, and we haven't and we haven't received that. And the debt relief measure that I'm speaking to you about today is a three-decade-old request from me. And now the administration says, "Well, you know, we're just going to help uh, distressed farmers and uh, just help them bring their loans up to date." When you don't keep your word, uh, my, my, my daddy said, "That's not that's not a whole man." When you look a man in his eye and you give him your word. The president went back on his word uh, to help uh, black farmers in this country. And we're going to look at that during election time. And we're also going to take a strong look at that during this 
reelection campaign. You know, he's going to have to come tell us something totally different than what he's telling us right now. John Boyd, really appreciate your perspective. Thank, thank you for having me. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.